Clark Fine Arts. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Clark Fine Arts. I'm not going to introduce myself this time because Christine said we don't have to. At they this know point. us. Well, okay, fine. So uh, if you don't know us, too bad. Um, but today, welcome to uh, volume three of Check This Out. We've got the Clark band directors, both of them, with us today. We've already met the head band director, Jacob Kennedy, and we also get to chat with the assistant director of bands, Vinny Santana. How's it going, Vinny? Going pretty good. Um, so, Vinny, since uh, this is the first time we're meeting you, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Cool. Uh, my name is Vinny Santana. I'm the assistant director here at Clark. Um, I'm in my second year teaching and my second year at Clark. Uh, I am the conductor or director of the symphonic band, the co-director of the concert band, and the jazz band here at Clark. Nice. Any like kids, wife, dogs? Oh pets, yeah. Married? I guess I got. I I guess I just got married. Um, like six months ago. Actually, you should know that. On, yeah, I you do probably know should that. know that. Six months on Monday, so I do know that. Uh, but yeah, I married my middle school sweetheart. This December we'll have been together for twelve years. I have three cats. I live in McKinney right now, and it's a pretty good time. Okay, so we're doing band. Uh, check this out, and let's just jump right in. We've got uh, our first piece is called Wayfaring Stranger. Whose favorite piece is this? Mine. Oh, okay. The first, the tell first us, three are mine. Tell us all about it. You want me to talk before you play it or after you play it? Well, let's play a little bit first. Cool. And then we'll go. So here we go. All right, so we've been kind of leaving it on a little bit in the background, but it kind of makes editing the podcast hard, so I'm going to pull it all the way down. So, Vinny, why don't you go ahead and fill us in. Tell us about that. So this is one of my favorite tunes. Um, actually, this this a specific arrangement of Wayfaring Strangers was like one of the first things I got to conduct in, while I was at Texas Tech, and I just love it. It just sounds so lush, you know? Um Wayfaring Stranger is actually an American folk tune that like dates back to the 19th century, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it used to be called the Prison Hymn during the American Civil War, and it's just about a traveler who like reminisces on his journey through life. I guess like the lyrics are, um, "I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger. I'm traveling through this world below," and so on and so forth. Um, I think it was actually featured in a movie recently. I think it was in 1917. And so it was, it was really cool. That's, that's not recent. 
Uh, the movie seventeen movie was called nineteen seventeen. Oh, I I, say, okay. I was like, yeah, hey, really recent movie. It came out in twenty nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Okay. About uh, something that happened in nineteen seventeen. Nice. Yeah. So, what instrument played the solo in that? That was an English horn. Okay, so I was also, like, it's not a soprano sax. No, it's not. Thank, thank the Lord. But <laughs> the English horn is a beautiful instrument, and it's even cooler. Whenever I conducted it, my now wife played the solo, so I like I got to like Aww. connect a little bit through the ensemble. So it's really really fun to to do that piece. Did you tell her like everything she did wrong in vivid detail as the conductor? N- no, that's why I'm married now. Oh, that's very smart. Okay, good job, you. Good job, you. Future planning on my part. Nice. So um, the next one is three places in the West, the movement called Zion mm-hmm. by Dan Welcher. Yes, sir. Let's give it a hear. Seems like you like those pieces that have a long, slow build. Yes. There's also a fast section in this piece. You know, I in the script it says 535 to 7. You know, I, I specifically chose those parts, but it's okay. We'll, we'll talk about just this Just for too. Vinny, here no, we go. No, no, no. Nice. likes to do that. He asks you to prepare and then just yeah. doesn't check up on you. Mm. <laughs> right, right, here we go. Sounds like that moment in rehearsal after you've cut the kids off, but they don't stop playing. Because <laughs> there's does, the drum yeah. roll, the drum that just happened. Just out of nowhere. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Is there anything more American in American classical music than a French horn? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's French not horn. very aptly named. French horn. No, it's not aptly named, but I mean, like <laughs> all the Aaron Copeland stuff, I think. Yeah. Like all the, yeah. French horn. We just decided to pick the hardest one to be the one that, you know, represents us the most. You'd think it'd be a trumpet. Yeah. No, we don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So tell us a little bit about it. Okay. So this tune is actually based on a choral work called Zion's Walls by Aaron Copeland. And it's just like um, Copeland wrote it about the national park that's in Utah called Zion. And it's just like, when you look at the pictures of Zion and listen to this music, especially the section we just listened to with the French horn solo, it kind of, you feel the the majesty of it, I guess. It's, um, 
it's just really pretty. This there's some like chromaticism and like darkness that like creeps into the band arrangement of it mm -hmm. that makes it a little bit more interesting. There's also like a trumpet fanfare and it goes into a mixed meter for the main bulk of the fast section and lots of percussive noises. It, it's just really cool. And like, especially going back and listening to Zion's walls, like the choral arrangement and then listening to this, Dan Welcher, Dan Welcher does a really good job of like reworking it into like really singable parts, if that makes sense in the band. Like it just sounds really fun. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, third symphony. All right, here we go. It felt like it was just starting to get good. Yeah, it's a it's a great piece. Like the symphony as a whole, it's um unfortunately about James Barnes, his daughter's passing. Um, it's actually like a journey of grief and all the stages of grief. The first movement opens with a tuba solo because he's a tuba player and it sounds really angry because he likes like in the program notes and everything. He talks about his frustrations with like how it happened and the fact that he did lose his daughter. And then the second movement is more of like a playful, like laughing at whatever's above just because like, how dare they do this to him? And this is just like some big cruel joke. Um, this third movement is actually entitled for Natalie, his daughter. And that opening you just heard was, is supposed to like represent the ballerina box that they bought his daughter that she never got to hear because unfortunately she passed like shortly after being born. Um, and that oboe solo and the English horn solo right there, I think represent him and his wife, like talking about how it happened and everything. And the fourth movement is much more triumphant and ends on a happy note because three days after he completed the symphony, his son was born. And so he like says in the program notes, um, if the third movement is about his daughter passing and, the like church hymn they sung at her funeral. The fourth movement where it's triumphant is about his son being born into the world, not knowing what happened before, but still having a positive outlook on life. It's a beautiful piece. Nice. So very programmatic music. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Kennedy, you're up. Woo. We got a, an old standby here with, uh, did you say an old standby? Do you mean a standard old standard? Whatever. You can edit it out. So he sounds smarter. Nah, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> Got an old standby here. Uh, Lincolnshire Posey, Movement 3, Ruford Park Poachers by Percy Granger.
What is that instrument right there? That is a soprano saxophone, actually. Oh, okay. Nice. It, it is uh, that solo can be taken by a soprano saxophone, which is the B version, or the A version is a flugelhorn solo. And for whatever reason, it's the exact same solo except for the first measure. The first measure has a slightly different rhythm in the soprano sax with that fast da. It's a da 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 in the flugelhorn for some reason. Good old Granger. Yep. So Granger is pretty ubiquitous in in the band world, right? Yes. Very well known. Yeah. That's what I meant by old standby, old standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, people are probably going to roll their eyes seeing that I picked this movement or, or picked this piece, but uh, it is a very, you know, important piece for the, the literature of band. Um, and it's in six movements. This was the yeah. third movement. Uh, Percy Granger went over to England and recorded a bunch of old folk singers from all these different small little towns. He used the ancient technology now. To, uh, he recorded everything on wax cylinders, which apparently still exist. I heard some recordings of them when I was in college. Um, and he just recorded these folk singers who are super well-known. He said, hey, you know, sing me this stuff that is specific to your area, um, to you know, your specific community. And then he brought it back to America and, you know, wrote, wrote all these pieces based on these really nice, pretty folk songs. And the cool thing about this one that I picked at the beginning is, you know, you heard that, that theme with the low voices just repeating it right after. The time signature at the beginning of that, that movement is just an absolute mess. It's very difficult to perform accurately because it's just, you know, a full eighth note behind, basically. What do you mean it's an eighth note behind? The, the melody, da, 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 the low voices follow it exactly like, I think it's... Maybe oh, it's, it's offset. Yeah, offset, sorry. Uh, offset by an eighth note or two. Yeah. And so it's very difficult for the second voice that enters to stay constant because you're having to listen and not match. Nice. Yeah. Well, in that recording's uh, Dallas Wind Ensemble. Dallas Wind Symphony? Wind Symphony, yes, with Jerry Junkin. Currently now called the Dallas Winds. Oh, the Dallas Winds. Okay. Are they like one of the premier wind ensembles in the world? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's really not a lot of professional wind ensembles, period. It's, you know, kind of an orchestral thing, but the, the Dallas Winds could be the best professional wind ensemble, to be totally honest. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Number two, some Paul Hindemith. Let's give it a listen. Symphony and B-flat. You didn't list the movements. So yeah, I do the first, the first. Just do the first movement. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. That's a strong opening. That sounded like a good spot to stop. Sure. Yeah, that, uh, boy, that about knocked us out of our seats at the beginning. <laughs> I jumped my soul, left my body. <laughs> I, I almost hope everybody at home also had a little bit of a jump there. Um, cause that, that piece just smacks you in the face with that, that for, with that opening. Uh, I played that piece twice while I was at UT. I got to play the tenor saxophone part and the alto saxophone part. It's a lot of fun. It's a really, really pretty piece. Nice. Uh, I've got a question about Hindemith. So he does a lot of viola music cause he was a viola, excuse me, viola player. And um, like, there's a great concerto, wrote a lot of sonatas for viola. Anyway, 
all of the Hindemith music that I've played, even ensemble stuff, there's no key signature. It's all written with accidentals. So this is symphony in B flat. So is it? Does he do it different for bands? I, I think so because I, I I was kind of surprised when you said that. I I remember there being a key signature in this piece. Interesting. Yeah, so. no, it's all keyless. We'll we'll do an episode one of these days on music theory and some basics like key signatures. But anyway, the key signature tells you which specific notes out of the twelve in Western music to play, and um. Hey, he doesn't like none of his viola stuff has keys. It is all keyless, mm-hmm. and any modifications to natural notes are just with sharps or flats right there by the note. So, yeah, we're we're used to that as saxophone players. All of our classical, uh, you know, solo repertoire is like that, and it's obnoxious with all the extra markings. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I understand it from a compositional pr- you know perspective, but. Right. Good yeah, times. Great piece, though. Uh, the, the, the middle movement of that one has a really nice duet between the uh, saxophone and trumpet. That's um, very conversational. Uh, Hindemith was kind of a master of like counterpoint and making lots of things happen all at the same time. So it's a very enjoyable piece. Cool. So the last one is uh, Tam O'Shanter. You got it. By Malcolm Arnold. What mm-hmm. is Malcolm Arnold English? Malcolm Arnold is English, and this is based on a poem by the Irish poet, I believe he's Irish, uh, Robert Burns. Can you say the title with a nice Irish accent? Oh, I don't know. I'm not even going to try. Try it. Time enter. Nailed it. I tried. Yeah. I tried my hardest. Yeah, you should have seen in. the look on my face before <laughs> I made totally that, before I uttered that sound. uncomfortable. <laughs> that was hilarious. Do you want to have a really good laugh? Just listen to all these Texans trying to speak in other accents. Excuse me. We have a Brazilian amongst us. Thank you. <laughs> Can you say it with a Brazilian accent? Say Tam O'Shanter with a Brazilian accent. No. <laughs> you got so ready, though. You're like, no, thank you. Got it. Oh, well. All right, here we go. Right. Tell us about it. Yeah. So what you heard there is uh, this piece is super programmatic. It follows the exact story of the poem. It's been a while since I've read the poem and it's very difficult to understand because it's in old English. But basically it follows the story of this drunken Irishman leaving the bar at night. That's what you heard with the 
bassoon playing there at the beginning. Hey, we got to keep this school appropriate. Well, I'm just explaining the story that you know happens in the story that exists. Um, and so he gets lost on his way home, and he kind of ends up meandering through the forests, and that's kind of what you were hearing there with this creepy sound um, that was kind of uh, coming in there. And he 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 finds this mare, which I believe is like a, a M A R E, like female horse. Uh, M A E R, I think, is how it's spelled in in the oh, old okay. English. Yeah. But yeah, like a a, a baby horse. Um, and he, he he like is tasked with protecting this mare and trying to escape the forest with the mare. And at the very end, there's like this representative moment where he's like he's in a chase. He gets over this river, but the witches reached out and they 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 got the tail of the mare. And so there's a lament for the tail at the very end. That's like oh. So sad. We we lost the tail, but we did get away, and and so we you know happily ever after. Dum dum boom. You know, big strong ending. Very very cool piece though. He does a really good job of portraying multiple emotions at the same time, um, which I think is really really difficult with different voices. So highly recommend giving the whole piece a listen. It's it's not a super long piece. So sitting here listening to these today, I'm I'm kind of struck by the thought of as a trained musician, I. Whether I like it or not, I understand all of this music on a on an intellectual level. But a lot of it, even some of the stuff we played last uh, last couple episodes, like Shostakovich, and it's not easily accessible to the listener. But I'm also sitting here thinking, I've been a musician for as long as I can remember. I can't relate to listening to music with an uneducated ear mm-hmm. or untrained ear. So it might be interesting in the next in the nearest future to have some like lay people, as it were, to uh, be on the show and like just listen to a little bit of music and like ask questions about it or tell us what they think about it. Because I'm so far removed from that perspective. So I don't know. What I mean, what do you guys think about that? I would love that. That sounds really cool. Yeah. We should get uh, like administrators involved. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, that would be fun. That'd be really neat. Yeah. Nice. It's kind of the same thing with art, right? Like you start yeah. looking at stuff like Jackson Pollock as a as a lay person who doesn't know anything about art. Like I don't understand that art. It just looks like you splattered paint everywhere. Looks okay. like something my kid could do. No offense, Jackson Pollock. Please don't sue me. Or your kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, my young child at two. It looks like something he would do. So I mean, he could be an artist. How dare you? I know. Yeah, I'm just insulting everybody today. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it's true though because like when I go to church and I listen to the music. Uh, it's so hard to not be like, wow, they're, they've made a choice. That was a that was a bad choice that you just made musically. Oh, that was the wrong chord. Or wow, you just decided to sing up a half step the whole time. That's cool. Like it's hard to not hear those things as a musician and be affected by them. Like I, I dread the day that my son or daughter choose to do band, choir, or orchestra a little bit because I'm like, oh, I have to sit through so many beginner concerts, no matter what they do, like a beginner theater, no matter what they choose to do, I'm going to be sitting there with my like artist eyes on and my artist ears on and being like, oh, you did so great, but it was really bad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to pursue that idea for an episode in the future. Um, But I know Jacob, you got to run. So uh, gentlemen, Thanks for joining us today. Vinny, nice to have you on for the first time. You can't see it because it's radio people, but they just saluted us. So I don't know what they saluted us for. Let the record show that I did not salute because I understood (laughs) the assignment. (laughs) Vinny and I saluted. Yeah. We do that in the hall. It happens. Nice. 
Uh, all right, cool. Uh, Christine, uh, take us out. Let's talk about some upcoming events. The Clark Orchestra Boosters are hosting a spirit night at the McAllister's Deli off of 75 tonight, Tuesday, November 29th from 5 p.m. until 9 p.m. All you have to do is mention Clark Orchestra at checkout or use the promo code DONATEMCA online before you complete your order. We hope to see you there. Saturday, December 3rd is the annual Plano Senior Orchestra Cluster Concert. All of the Clark Senior Cluster Orchestra programs come together to perform in a giant concert held in the Plano Senior Gym. The concert is at 5 p.m., so be sure to arrive early and get a good view. The Clark Band Winter Concert is on Thursday, December 8th at 7 p.m. in the Clark Cafeteria. Admission is free, so come check it out. All right, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Can we harmonize? Mm, Three-part harmony. I could. If you you unmuted me, I could. (laughs) Somebody give us a do. Do. Me. (laughs) (laughs) You have an unmuted Vinny anyway. I know. How are we doing this now? Yeah, because I'm a soprano. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, somebody else else be do. Somebody else be do. Me. Couldn't hold the so. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> so we, did it. we should totally do that for the next podcast. It sounded lovely. It really didn't. <laughs> and Maria is. Yeah, I know. We should. Why are we not doing this with Maria? Yeah. I don't know. Wow. We'll have to have her. I gotta buy more mics if we do that. Oh, that's true. We're, we have to share mics like we at a share, rock concert. Yeah. Share yeah. it is caring. I told them. I told him we should have you guys share a mic because it'd just be funny <laughs> to watch really, you. It would have been funny to cheek the whole episode. Yeah, exactly. That would have been funny. Like just like in the office, you know, band office. Good nice. time.